Welcome to the Better Value, Better Business podcast. I am your host, Alex Stacey, and today I'm going to talk about how people make decisions, um, the different decision-making models there are, strategies and theories. And um, so, uh, first of all, let's have um, another look back about thinking that humans are not evolved to make good decisions. Our brains are not wired to calculate risk. Neither is all the information we need to calculate it to hand at all times. For instance, people overestimate their chances of getting a lottery win because their minds jump to memories of seeing only the lottery winners. And of course, all those people who didn't win don't get featured in the news at all. Also, we view life as a continuum on levels and only really notice changes to that continuum. So we see value as comparative rather than absolute. But today I'm going to explain some consumer decision-making models. This is helpful to the organisation so they know how to best set out their stall to ease the customer journey along. So we'll have a little look at uh, consideration sets, uh, choice models and strategies. So the consumer journey of awareness, interest, desire, action, it is during the interest phase when the consumer is seeking and reviewing information that marketers need to set out their stall with the kind of cues and information about their product that is likely to interest the consumer. Consumers are not all alike and make their decisions in different ways. They have different views about how to choose products and how far they can be persuaded by marketers. Moreover, when reviewing the products, the consumer perceives that the values of products have not only strengths, but weaknesses, which sets up a value conflict in the mind of the consumer. These value conflicts can be resolved in various ways by the use of strategies. And these strategies have been identified and modelled and termed rules and marketers need to think about how to present their marketing for each of these models. So there's a theory called consideration theory, where consumers form a subset of brands from which the decision-making strategies are applied. For example, if asked to list all the restaurants that one could recall, the list might be quite extensive for most people. However, when a consumer first addresses the question of where to dine that evening, a short list of restaurants that are actively considered is, comes to mind for the decision-making process. Multi-stage decision-making models were summarised by someone called Alan Schocker, in which the increasing complexity of a decision produces more steps in the decision process. In essence, more cognitive effort would be expended in evaluating members of the consideration set and reducing that number to an eventual choice. The second marketing theory is called involvement, in which the amount of cognitive effort applied to the decision-making process is directly related to the level of importance that the consumer places on acquisition of the specific product. For example, there is rarely a significant amount of decision-making applied to the selection of a pack of chewing gum at the grocery store checkout counter, but there is a much greater amount of decision-making effort applied to the purchase of a new cell phone. This degree of involvement is not necessarily a function of the price, 
but is more related to the perceived impact on the quality of life of the consumer. The quality of life can come directly from the benefits supplied by the product or can come indirectly from the social accolades or sanctions provided by members of the peer group. There are various models of consumer decision making. There is the economic view, which is that the consumer behaves rationally and has perfect knowledge of all available products. And to win a customer from this group, we will need to have the best product service in class with every bit of information about it available. However, some consumers are submissive to self-serving interests and promotional efforts of marketers and will buy what they are advised. And we term these the passive view. Then there is the cognitive view. Here the consumer is an engaged problem solver and focuses on processes by which consumers seek to evaluate information. So in this instance, marketers and sales will need to set out product information extensively and fully for these kinds of customers. Then there are customers who have the emotional view. So these types of customers depend on their feelings and moods more than pre-purchase information. So for these, you would need to create the right mood. Lighting, colours, materials, look of the website, style. These are the things that would be most important for the organisation to focus on. So if you have an event space, such as a restaurant or a pub, this is particularly relevant. So what kind of customer are you? Economic, emotional, passive or cognitive? But of course, the type of purchase affects how much effort is expended. The least cognitive effort is for routinized purchases. If your product is frequently purchased, then you need to make the information simple and clear as the consumer will not give it much attention. Consistency of brand will be important so it catches their attention easily. Items that are infrequently purchased or are a gift, something that change in styling and features, and where there are alternative brands, these will demand more cognitive effort from the consumer. Salespeople will need to make those decisions easier by reducing the number of choices and making comparisons possible. When evaluating these choices, the customer can discover that some of the product features will be stronger in some areas and weaker in others. And there might be no product that is strong in all areas. These are termed value conflicts. The consumer has to work out how to reconcile these conflicting values. And they do this by setting up rules for themselves in order to simplify it on how to make the purchasing decisions. So if you are in the business of offering choice, you need to know what those rules are in order to simplify the decision-making process for the consumer. So the following have been identified. The first strategy here is, is a compensatory strategy, which requires the person making decisions to confront the trade-offs, balancing low values on some criteria against a high value on another criteria. The business needs only show the strengths of their product because a weakness will not entirely eliminate the product from the consideration set. So decision support is not usually offered for this kind of customer on e-commerce sites. 
The opposite of this is the customer who uses non-compensatory decision-making rules. So using a non-compensatory strategy avoids confronting value conflicts and does not trade off a low value against a high value on different attributes. The customer might select some of the following strategies below. So a decision maker using a conjunctive model sets cutoff levels on all the criteria. The chosen alternative must meet or exceed all the minimum levels. A business will not need to show off exceptionally good features as long as the product has no bad features, then the conjunctive model consumer could well select this one. For example, they might want a washing machine under £400 that washes well enough and has a spin setting. Another model is the disjunctive. So this is a rule where the customer sets the cutoff level to only the criteria that he or she thinks are important. So they would say, I picked the phone that excelled in at least one feature. Only the alternatives meeting or exceeding such thresholds will be considered. For example, a mobile phones that are designed for harsh conditions that can be dropped and exposed to bad weather. For them, the most important value is that it is resilient to knocks and bumps. Then there is the lexicographic model. So a decision maker following this ranks attributes in terms of their relative importance. Using the most important attribute with the best value on this attribute is selected. And in case of a draw, the second most important attribute is selected and so on. And then an elimination by aspects model multi-attribute decision maker first rank orders the attributes in terms of importance and then sets up cutoff values for all attributes. The most important attribute is considered first and all the alternatives that do not meet the cutoff level are eliminated. If a winner is selected, the process stops. Otherwise, the cutoff value on the second most important attribute is used to select the winner. The process continues until the final winner is chosen. We sometimes see comparison websites displaying information that can be manipulated by the user in order to compare and contrast attributes that are important to us. Some consumers make a product choice on the basis of their previously established overall ratings of the brands considered rather than on specific attributes. This type of customer will be swayed by the overall strength of a brand in one product, which affects their belief in the strength of another product of the same brand. So they would say to themselves, I selected the brand with the highest overall rating. So organisations need to cater to their consumer base and depending on the type of consumer, need to provide the mood or information the consumer needs to make decisions. The information needs to be of the product and services features in order that comparative advantages with similar products can be weighed. I hope this has been useful for you to listen out for and observe patterns in the future of how people choose products and services. Hopefully you will be able to use this in your organisation too. I think what is most interesting about all these is the level of cognitive effort applied and how some people want to do the hard work and others 
don't want to. And they use these shortcuts, these heuristics, which I've talked about in previous episodes. And that's um, an interesting way, you know, the way we are different and how our minds work. So thank you for listening. I hope it's been really useful. And um, my next episode will be about the importance of providing an excellent customer experience. Goodbye.